This is the Inside Pitch with your host, Christopher Lockhart. Ah, you know, I thought we'd never make it back again. Ah, it's been a few months. You know, shit happens. But uh, I'm back along with producer Kevin Hill. And uh, this is the Inside Pitch. And if you recall, the Inside Pitch is a live call-in show where you, the writer, call into me and pitch your story idea. Or if you have a question about the business, I'm here to answer it. I, 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 I'm basically your story slave for 30 to 45 minutes. That's what this is about. You know, there's writers that are struggling away in uh, Idaho that don't always get opportunities to talk to people who work in the business. I work at uh, the world's largest talent agency, so I kind of see – how things work uh, from the inside out. I've also produced a few films and uh, I teach. So uh, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And if I don't, I'll at least sort of bullshit my way through it. And that's what we do here. And it's very typical of Hollywood anyway. So um, Kevin Hill is the producer and he told me that I need to stay on time because, you know, I often sort of ramble with, with one person and then other people get annoyed at me because they don't get enough time. So I'm really going to try to stay on schedule uh, today. I understand we've got three callers, so it's going to be a full show. Uh, and um, as always, I'd like to remind you in advance of our next show, provided I don't, you know, peter out, it's June 22nd. So we'll be meeting again right here, June 22nd. That will be our next show next month. We only do this once a month because that's all I can handle. And I just wanted to point out a couple of things. Uh, If you want to talk to me, you can uh, contact our producer, Kevin, at the Inside Pitch Mail at gmail.com. You can just drop him a note at the inside pitch mail at gmail.com. And also, of course, we're always carrying on a 24 7 conversation about the business and script and movies at uh, Facebook. And it's facebook.com slash groups slash the inside pitch. So um, come and join us if you haven't yet. We've got uh, 3,500 members now. So we'd love for you to join us. And I wanted to do a couple of shout-outs here. We've got uh, Joshua James. He's an uh, Inside Pitch member, and he uh, his new film, he's written the new Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Pound of Flesh, and it's getting great reviews. I also wanted to give a shout-out to our friend Jeff Morris. Uh, his uh, spec script that sold a few years ago called The True Memoirs, uh, True Memoirs of an International Assassin uh, has just signed Kevin James to star. And also, I should say that I just saw on his Facebook page that uh, his Grumpy Cat Christmas movie, which he wrote, uh, was just nominated for a Leo Award. Actually, a few Leo Awards. Now, he doesn't have a fucking clue what a Leo Award is, and neither do I, but eh, who cares? It's, it's an award. So just wanted to say uh, congrats to those guys. And so hopefully people uh, are paying attention uh, on the inside pitch because we uh, will often um, sort of carry on a conversation right on the page live. Of course, Gary has been uh, monopolizing the page as always. 
with all of his baloney. So, um, but Gary, we love you. Anyway, for those of you who are members of the Facebook group, you know what I'm talking about. So, all right, so um, I'm going to get to our first caller, uh, and she is Naomi. So, are you there, Naomi? Hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I am. Do- oh, what I was going to say, oh, I just dropped my phone. Are you there? I hope I didn't lose you. Yes. That would be terrible. <laughs> okay, you know what happened? Let, let me just tell you. You know, I had three Baby Ruth bars and two Butterfingers and four Oreos so I could get hopped up for this call. Wow. And, um, yeah, so I'm like really flying high, you know. Maybe I should just do cocaine. And um, so I just dropped my phone, and the phone is tangled now around the chair. And so I'm doing this really bizarre dance. So hang on a second. When I try to figure this out, it's kind of like Twister. And now it's, okay, there we go. It's kind of wrapped around my leg. Now the cord's under this chair. There we go. Oh, man, that was exhausting. All right. All right. Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm in L.A. Oh, Oh, do I know you? I don't think so. Oh, no? We've never met? I don't think so, no. Oh, well, I mean, I feel fine. like I know you from oh, all of okay. the, uh, you know, inside page Facebook stuff. Yeah, whatever, you know. I'm always... <laughs> I'm thinking I know everybody. All right, so why are you calling? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not pitching to you tonight, but okay. I had a question. It was actually right. something that came up um, on one of the discussions on the Facebook page um, about a log line. You made a comment that the... Um, the idea that was being discussed didn't have a unique hook. And it started me thinking about um, what you meant by that. So I just wanted to ask and sort of get your insight on, you know, what what does that mean to have a unique hook in your idea and um, how is that different from being high concept and that kind of thing? Yeah, it's always sort of hard to answer that question. I'm sure that somebody somewhere can can answer it very eloquently. For some reason, I always have a hard time explaining a hook uh, because I think it's sort of like um, pornography, you know, like you, uh, it's hard to define, but you know when you see it. And uh, that's sort of what a hook is. And uh, the idea of a hook to me is that it is uh, at least part of the concept that actually hooks you in, that there's something that's, that's, that's so innately intriguing about it that you're hooked and you're like, hmm, I really want to know more about this idea. Now, I hear a lot of good pitches, but they don't always have hooks to them. It's like, okay, you know, like I get it. Like I can see the movie, but it doesn't feel unique. I've seen it before. This is sort of missing that, that you know, element. So you look at something like um, Twilight, which I guess we could say is sort of like, yeah, no, that's probably bad. You know something? Because I only saw the first movie and I'm not even sure what it's about. But I was going to say it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet with vampires and werewolves. And maybe I'm wrong, but, um, you know, so, but that would be the hook, you know, the idea of the werewolves and the vampires would be the hook because it's something that sort of spins the familiar around just a little bit. So, okay. um, and, and I think, you know, I had some, I had some writers here, uh, two weeks ago, they came to visit me here at, at work. They were from, um, England, 
Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, there were probably about eight of them, and they um, pitched their ideas to me. And all the ideas were, you know, were perfectly solid. But they all sort of lacked a hook, which sort of meant like, okay, like I've heard this idea before. And you're not spinning it in a way to where it really sounds fresh and and new. Sometimes it's just it's just sort of taking something that's very familiar and then adding that one element that we sort of haven't seen before. Where you're just kind of so like you know I remember way back when somebody pitched something to me. Um, and it was, and of course now, like I really don't remember, so I'm going to do a terrible <laughs> job at this. But uh, you know, it was, it was like a treasure hunters movie, and it was, you know, it was about like a bunch of, you know, like six or seven guys that um, are out uh, on a boat to try to find some kind of sunken treasure, and it's and and it uh, it's an, an incredibly dangerous, almost like a suicide um, a suicide mission. And sort of the hook was was that these uh, these treasure hunters were were actually convicts who had trained um, in this program sponsored by the government. It's like a real like a you know an actual real program, and um, and so you know they go out to try to find this treasure. So they're not just regular treasure hunters. So sort of the spin on it is that these are guys who are actually um, in prison at the time. Right. This is maybe not the world's greatest example, but it's the only one that I could just pull out of my ass. And but so it's just that sort of just try it because listen, I mean, I've read a million treasure hunter scripts. So it's like you know, okay, so what do you do to to spin in a way that we haven't seen it before? So you know, like you might say, it's the dirty dozen at sea. Uh, you know, might be a way to spin that perhaps. Um, so. Uh, that's sort of what it is, and and different different people respond to different kind of hooks. So just because I respond to a hook, I go, "Wow, I like that." It's you know, it's hooky. Um, doesn't mean that you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, like anything, you know, it's like a pitch is the same way. Just because I respond to a pitch doesn't mean that you'll respond to the pitch. So um, so that's sort of what I mean by that. It's just just trying to take that X factor. And that's and that's what it is. It's an X factor. So it's sort of hard to define. Right. And uh and I and I don't don't hear a lot of hooks in pitches, especially right. from new writers because they're often just sort of regurgitating stuff like you know every new writer wants to try to uh redo Harry Potter somehow some way you know um sure. and you know and so listen you know Harry Potter sort of had a a good little hook right because you know it was the story of kids at a boarding school right mm-hmm. but the hook was was that it's a school for like witches and warlocks or wizards or whatever yeah, right. I haven't really seen. I haven't seen too many of those movies either. By the way, um, I'm really doing a bad job here. I should no, really no, try I to. Re- I should really try to reference movies that I've seen. That might really help. And I really do see a lot of movies. Um, but but I, I think I'm sort of floundering here because for me it's very very difficult to to truly define a hook. I really have to hear it and say that's a good hook. Hmm. Okay. You know. Any, and any other. Any other movies you can think of at the moment that you would say had a really good hook? 
Well, you know, you know, just like you know, I always thought the I always thought the pitch for the Sixth Sense was sort of hooky, even though it's you know, it's just a it's it's just a ghost story, you know. Right. But but you know, sort of you sort of start the pitch off with you know, it's about this. it's about this psychiatrist who sort of struggles to help this young boy overcome a bizarre affliction. The boy sees dead people. You know, so so there's your hook, you know. So mm-hmm. at first it, it's kind of sounding like it's going to be ordinary people, you know, where you have a psychiatrist who's, you know, helping a boy overcome a bizarre affliction. Well, what, he like has Tourette's syndrome or something? And then it's sort of just spun in a way where he's, he sees dead people, and so, so that's all of a sudden sounds a little hooky, you know, because mm-hmm. now you're sort of you sort of pulled me into it, you know. And so that's really sort of the idea. Um, what do you think a hook would be? I mean, you know, like <laughs> let me throw this on you, you know. So, uh, so you know, if you were. Um, You're watching a movie, or you hear a pitch. You know what? What seems hooky to you? Well, I guess I mean part of the reason that I wanted to ask just to get your thoughts on it was because I I guess I I had always just sort of assumed that if an idea you know is high concept, right? If it can be pitched really quickly and you instantly see the movie, that that is. That, that kind of means that the concept that, has a hook. That's a hook, right? That's and yeah, that I, I and okay and 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 I would even though I'm really doing a poor job here, I would say that that is not the case. That just mm-hmm. because you have a high concept pitch doesn't necessarily mean that it has a really good hook to it. Right. High concept, yeah. you know, high concept means that in 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 just a, a few words or you know, merely a sentence, you can communicate a movie. A typically, and remember, when you say a movie, that means that you're communicating the idea of um, uh, what is uh, dramatic about it and what is cinematic about it. And often in, uh, often high concept uses contrasting ideas, you know. So, you know, it's like you've so a lot of fish out of water is often high concept, right? So you have right. this like Vegas lounge singer who goes sort of undercover as a nun in right. Sister Act, right. right? So you know, you 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 go the extremes, you go the extremes, right? You know, so like right. you get this like loser, slacker playboy who ends up with. Um, a set of twins on his front doorstep, and and you know, so now he's got to raise these kids. So, you know, it's sort of you're pitting one extreme against the other, and that's often how you can find sort of high concept mm-hmm. ideas. But it still doesn't necessarily mean that they have an intriguing hook to them. You just might go, oh yeah, I get it, yeah, yeah. Right. But that hook is. It's it's just it's this it's this invisible X factor that just sort of grabs you, and really intrigues you and go wow that's a, that's interesting, and um, again it's that that is an individual response. It's an individual mm-hmm. response, which I think is why it's difficult to to really sort of define a hook. But again, the idea of hook is literally that it hooks you in. Right. 
So, um, you know, how that is or where that is, I have to hear it. Maybe I'll hear one tonight and I'll go, ah, that's a good hook. See, to me, that's a hook. Right. And then okay. you can determine, gee, that's not very hooky for me. Okay. And and this is why people pass on scripts and other people buy scripts. You know, it's not like right. every script that hits the marketplace, every single person in town wants to buy it. It gets passed on many, many times before somebody finally says yes to it. And that's because it takes a while sometimes for people to respond to material. It has to really sort of blanket the town until that one person responds to it. And and to him, that might be hooky. And say, wow, I love that. You know, I'm just, I'm just so intrigued by this particular element. Sometimes it's, it's, it's built into the character. You know, sometimes the hook is sort of built into the character, um, and not necessarily the the kind of story idea. So the hook can sort of come from any place, uh, but it would, but but it would need to be apparent in the logline. That's very important. Because it would, yeah. Because it it needs it needs to be in the concept. It's not a hook is not a twist, you know, like mm-hmm. a twist that comes at the end of a movie. That's not a hook, you know. A a, a hook is literally built into the concept, whether Got it's it. a, um, built into the character that's part of that concept or the actual story. But don't confuse a hook with a twist. They're very, you know, they're they're very very different. The fact that the boy sees dead people in the sixth sense is the hook. The fact that Bruce Willis is dead is a twist. Different. Right. All right. So, um I guess that's the best I can do on that. <laughs> Clear as mud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why no, this I'm is kidding. so... No, 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 you're you're not kidding, and it's fine. Listen, that's what makes this so hard. I'm that, actually not you know, kidding. That, that was very helpful to hear you put it in that kind of context, and it reminds me of something that I have read on the Internet that I'll have to go find now and maybe post it on the Facebook page that kind of addresses that same point that you just made about it being conceptual. Right. Um, versus being just an idea. Right. It's so. definitely, definitely built into the concept. Um, because otherwise, how can a person be hooked? Right. Yeah. So it's got to be, it's got to be in the concept. But again, like I was saying, if it were really easy, everybody could do it. And this is why most people can't do it. Because right. it's it's hard to explain. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for your yeah, time. Yeah, sure. Thanks I really for calling. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. of course. I appreciate you calling. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Wow. It was drowning there. I mean, you know, uh, these things can, but they can be tough. But see, this is, this is, this is live, folks. This is, this is not rehearsed. I don't know what people are going to call and ask me. Uh, Let's see if I can be of more help to Steve. Steve is calling. Hello. 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 Well, maybe you can use my log line and see if there's a hook. And if there isn't, maybe you can help me find one. Well, you know, maybe I can. But uh, sometimes <laughs> it's, it can be difficult. Now, where are you calling from, Steve? Uh, Michigan. Michigan. Where in Michigan? About 80 miles north and west of Detroit. Very nice. North and west. Wow, you're really mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I thought I was tonight. All yeah. right. Um, so you are going to pitch something. Yeah, I have I have a concept I like to pitch. 
Okay. Now, have you actually written the screenplay yet? Yes. You have written it. Okay. Here's the log line. Go ahead. I'm all ears. With her husband deployed in Afghanistan, a woman living with her sister and their children in Michigan are personally threatened by an ISIS message on their iPhones. Despite her efforts to protect her family, her niece goes missing, and this ordinary housewife and mother must take matters into her own hands to rescue her. Okay, so it's sort of like a female version of Taken, maybe. And um, uh, is this this a domestic threat? So she's not going overseas. She's staying here. Correct. And the fact that um, ISIS is... Uh, picking on her, does that have anything to do with the fact that her husband is deployed in Afghanistan? Correct. Actually, the concept came from a news report where spouses of military personnel were sent email messages by ISIS saying the caliphate is in the United States. We know where you live. We know where your children are, and we're going to come get you. Hmm. All right. Well, that's interesting. You know something? it wouldn't hurt you, I think, if you were going to pitch this, to sort of start off with that. Okay. Say, you know, it, there was recently an article in the New York Times about blah, 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 blah. Keep it short and sweet exactly the way you just did. And then say, my story is about this woman, blah, 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 blah. Okay. All right. So, so, um, so, look, you know, I get it. I can, I can see it. Now, it is... Is there a hook here? For me, it personally, it became more interesting the moment you said it was based on truth. Right. That that was where it became interesting. Oddly enough, this may be and this may be a twist. I'm not sure, but the story became interesting for me because in in the way I wrote it, she goes to the local city police. And she goes, you know, to them and says, "Can you protect me?" And of course, Homeland. They say, "Well, we're up to date with Homeland Security, and if there's a if there's an incident, we have our first responders." And she says, "No, no. Can you prevent it from happening?" So they're all focused on after it happens, not preventing it from happening. So she gets frustrated, sure. and then she hires a home security firm. She talks everybody in the neighborhood into hiring this home security outfit to monitor all the stuff that goes on, and they do. But she doesn't know that this home security agency she's hired is really a front for the NSA, and they're monitoring everything that goes on in all of their homes. And their goal is not her goal. Their goal is to catch the top recruiter, the ISIS top recruiter in the United States, who's been using the Internet to turn lone wolves. And later in the story, we find out that her niece, who's 16, has been targeted by this recruiter to become an ISIS uh, wife in Syria, and she right. has agreed to go. All right. So now, from what I recall, when you when you pitched the logline before, right. uh, somebody was kidnapped, correct? And the, is that the, the well, niece? Well, no, she's the niece, but she, she just volunteers to go. Okay, they, she volunteers. She to leaves go. a note. Okay, the niece and leaves so a then note what saying, is the, I've gone to steer. Okay, so then maybe I misunderstood when I said it was like taken with a woman because maybe it's not like taken. Not um, taken. It's not taken. 
So, all right. So, um, so then what is the mother doing? What is this woman doing then? Um, this is what I'm trying to figure how, out. How does she rescue her? Well, well, no, or, be, well, well, all right. So at the, she's trying to protect herself. And, and at the midpoint in the, in the screenplay, she thinks she's got it covered because she's hired. She, has, all the she thinks she has what covered? She thinks she has uh, what she covered. She thinks she's protecting her family because she's okay. hired this home security and they're monitoring everything they're doing and they have programs that watch everything and okay. follow right, everything. And so I'm okay. safe. Okay. Actually, just hang on a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So, because uh, I just want to, I want to try to understand, uh, I want to try to visualize the the trajectory of, 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 of the story. So she gets this, she gets this, uh, Threat through her phone. At what point in the script? Like at what page? Uh, nine. Nine. Okay, fine. And then, and then at the end of the first act, which is the turning point, uh, that is, that is a plot point. Sort of now we're done with the setup, and now we're sort of moving on into what the movie's really about. What is it that she does? What she, like like what's happening? Well, what's she, her goal? She, her, well, her over, overarching goal, and, she, yes. and it's important to know she's passive, but her overarching goal is to protect uh, herself from this threat. Why do you? So her goal, why, her first goal, why do you was to get this. Why do you tell me she's passive? Uh, don't, don't, don't. That's a dirty word. Don't, don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't she, use, don't she, use the she, word passive. Even if you're art. being honest, lie, lie. Okay. Um, I mean, because she's, remember, she's, she's, she's not an assertive woman to start okay, with. That's, she becomes that's, assertive. That's later. fine. That's fine. Okay. But don't but, use passive. Got it. Because she needs to be active. Okay. Well, she's doing. Even things. if she's not. Even even if she's not. Even if she is not assertive. Okay. So she's trying to protect herself. Now, is the threat real or is the threat just simply, uh, you know, words over the phone? Well, that's how that's how the local city police interpret it. These are just words. Right. In fact, when her I get it, but but, right, but I'm interpreting it that way too. So I'm not feeling all that scared yet, you know. So um, because you sort of intimated that the niece doesn't leave until later in the script. Right. So yeah, it seems like you needed to sort of turn this up a notch somehow. Some okay, way. okay. You know, I mean, that's what it seems like, where, um, y- you know, maybe it's, it, you know, it, it's a threat from page 10 to to page 30, and then on page 30, something happens to where the threat is now elevated, where it's now not just words, now it's, you know, an actual... Would it, uh, would it, would it help to know that the audience is in a superior position because they're witnessing the recruiter recruiting the niece starting on about page 20. So they they're, see they're, this is coming. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, putting the audience in a superior position is fine, provided that you don't do it, in my opinion, for too long, because right. what happens is is that then you start to make your protagonist look like an idiot. You know, so it's like you can you can sort of do that, and again, it always varies in story to story. But my experience has been that that if the audience knows something, this is what we call dramatic irony, when the audience knows something that the character doesn't know, and if you do that for a scene or two scenes, it's fine. But but if you spread it out for you know half the script, then you know we we might start to think that 
the protagonist isn't very bright. Uh, and again, well, that varies. Yeah, that varies. It yeah. varies in you know from scenario to scenario. That's just sort of an overall caveat to that. That's, but, that's, good, that's good advice. I, I appreciate that because uh, I I think there's maybe two scenes, but I wanted to show how a I taught middle school for a while, and I wanted to I show how middle school too. kids might get hooked by this guy, and I wanted to kind of show that interaction, which is fine. But ultimately, this is a story about her. Exactly. You know, and so you're sort of doing what a lot of callers will do, which is that they'll say, yeah, my story's about uh, Joe, and then you go on to tell me about Mary and Charlie and Harry and Julie, and, uh, but you don't tell me anything about Joe, which then always makes me think that Joe's not doing anything in the story. Uh, and, and so I think for me right now, it feels, it feels a little scattered. Okay. It feels, it just feels scattered. I think the idea of her trying to protect herself from a text message isn't, it isn't all that interesting. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't know how long you can sort of milk that without sort of, you know, raising the stakes exponentially. So, uh, you know, I just feel like something else has to happen, you know, and you have to sort of, where nobody believes her, you know, or it's just a text message. There isn't anything that we can do about it. But then something happens, like her car blows up or something, and you know she believes that it's ISIS, but the feds don't believe her. They think it's you know just that uh, she had you know like a leaky gasket or something. I don't know. So, um, but yeah, but you know, I'm just not sure what she's really doing. The idea that she's trying to protect herself sounds uh, sort of internal, not particularly dramatic. It doesn't sound very propulsive. Um, you know, I'm not sure how you can really sort of push the story along with that. Um, I'm not saying you can't do it, but sort of it just doesn't sound uh, very strong. It sounds tenuous, actually. So I, so I think you have some very good elements, and I think that you're starting from a very, very good place, uh, you know, which is this article and but but then you know you really need to sort of you need to like then break away from the article and make it a movie because it's not an article it's a movie and well, I you do know have it's a, great I, I do have a scene where uh this recruiter has recruited a man to behead someone in a Michigan shopping mall and that and that's wonderful listen listen there's nothing there's nothing five. there's <laughs> nothing better than a good beheading there you um, go. It's very, very cinematic. But again, you have to remember that everything has to affect the protagonist, you know? Everything right, has to be about it. her. It's got to be about her, 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 her. Can and you see that on the television and get freaked out? That, that's not, it's not, it's not personal. It should be at the mall, maybe? It's not personal enough, you know? You've okay. got to remember, it's got to, it has to affect her personally, you know? Because at that point, everybody in the world would be scared, but this has to be something maybe where it's sort of starting out where it's like one of those thrillers where she can't sort of convince anybody what's really happening. You know, nobody believes her. Um, well, that's good. I like that. You know what I mean? You know, like yeah. stop and think about Arlington Road. I think it's a very sort of underrated movie, you know, where you have this, uh, this like guy that sort of believes that his lovely next door neighbors are domestic terrorists and he, you know, and nobody believes him. 
Um, right. And it's, I think it's a really good thriller and um, very underrated in my opinion. And it's got just a great dark ending, which I, you know, I love stuff like that. And uh, but at any rate, uh, I like you it. Know, no, you're it, giving me a good idea. I like it. Yep. I, yeah, you, I know, you might want to just idea. sort yep. of, yeah, just sort of reach out to some other films with these kind of templates, and and so you can and you know and watch how active Jeff Bridges is. You know, see how sure. see how active he is, and and of course there's in that movie he sort of believes that there's this big plot that's going to unravel and he needs to stop it, you know? And so maybe there's something like that going on in this story. Um, Cause I'm not quite sure yet, you know, exactly with, with, with the girl being the recruiter's bride or, you know, I don't know what the fuck that's all about. So, um, and look, it's great that you used to teach junior high school and all that, but remember this movie's about your protagonist. So, you know, you really, you really want to stay with her brainstorm your scenes around her first and foremost, you know, don't get excited about the recruiter or the niece. Stay with your protagonist. It's her movie. It's her story. We're going to experience the story through her. Good. All right. Yep. Great. Thank you. All right. But, um, I, I really, really do like the jumping off point. And I love the fact that it's because I had not heard of that article. And so that to me is very interesting. It's topical, which I think is, is, is smart. So, but uh, but you got some work to do too. Yep, I do. I I, I can right. see it right now. Thank you very All much. All right. All right. Great, Steve. Thanks for calling. Yep. Bye bye. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm trying to stay on track. I'm trying to stay on track. Um, and which leads us to our last caller, Kristen. Hi. Yes. Yeah. Kristen. Do you know? Do you know? I was. I almost married a Kristen. Oh really? I did. Are you? Are, are you her? No, I'm not her. Are you sure her name wasn't Kirsten? No, definitely not Kirsten. It was Kristen. Okay. K. Okay. How do you spell your name? K R S K I R S T I N or E N? E N. E N. See, yep. So did she. Mm-hmm. All right. Where are you calling from? Pittsburgh. Uh huh. Wow. How are things going in Pittsburgh? Uh pretty good. There was a bad storm, but it's over now. So. All right. I did some time uh did some time in Pennsylvania. I shot a documentary in Pennsylvania. Not in Pittsburgh, but spent like four months in beautiful okay. Pennsylvania. It's a it's a great state actually. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, you sound really thrilled about living there in, in I, Pittsburgh. I agree, I agree. All right. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, people from Pittsburgh are just just, just bursting with energy. All right, but <laughs> you're going to pitch to me? Is that what's gonna happen here? Um, well, I think so. I've got a log line and maybe a 30-second pitch. Okay, great. Go ahead. I'm all ears. When a badass law enforcement agent learns of her mentor's death, she reconnects with a drug smuggling ring that she crawled away from years ago. That's the log line. Okay, that is half a log line. uh, But let me hear your additional 30 seconds, and then maybe we can figure out what's missing. Go ahead. Okay. Equal parts beauty queen, tomboy, and bitch, a young woman has achieved success as an officer on a state militia task force. But when she is denied revenge for the murder of a cherished colleague, she breaks her allegiance with law enforcement and returns to the criminal underworld she once knew. She searches for satisfaction through escalating criminal activity that begins to tear at her soul. 
Okay, so now I, I think what I'm, what I'm missing here is sort of the cause and effect. So uh, her partner dies, and then for some reason uh, that sends her back into the underworld. And I, I think what you're sort of setting us up for is that she's going to use the underworld to exact her revenge on her co-worker's killer. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm being set up for, whether that's the story that you're telling or not. Uh, is, you know, but, but, you know, every, everything is about expectations, right? You right. know, everything in storytelling is about expectations. You know, you create expectations. So I think probably nine out of ten people hear that pitch. Um, now, maybe also it would help if I knew the genre. So what is the genre? Um, it's supposed to be, it's a character study, it's a drama. Okay. It's a, right. yeah. So it, so it, it, it helps to start off with that. And I often say you should always tell people the genre up front because to me, it sounds like maybe it's going to be like an action thriller. Now, when you say that it is a character study drama, then I get it. Then I okay. get it. See, so then uh, I'm not I'm not anticipating some you know some sort of um, additional story element that I'm not hearing because if it's an action thriller then obviously the expectation is is that she goes into the underground and then she recruits these guys to fucking find the person who killed her coworker that's an action thriller character drama different story not necessarily so in the slightest bit so you know this is more of like an indie character thing. This is not a, a spec script, probably, you know. The right. other one w would potentially be a spec script, but this one, n not so much. So, um, all right. It, it, so, to me, there's a little bit of a sort of logic jump a, a, as to, you know, why she decides to take that slide, you know. Why doesn't she just go get a job like a Walmart or something, you know. Why does she decide to go back well, that's what crowd. she used to do, and that's that. And she basically wasn't doing it because of her mentor. She, you know, she got out of it, and um, partly because of her mentor. And when he's murdered, and you know, it doesn't feel like they're gonna um, get justice, and it won't allow her to get revenge. She just basically sinks back into her old ways. Um, right. And how did she become a cop if, you know, if she sort of had this, like, felonious kind of background, you know, she, she was a drug addict. How did she become a cop? Because it's, it's only in the movies and, like, you know, the mod squad where, you know, you have these, like, felons can become cops. Uh, I mean, assholes can become cops. But, um, but you, know, I, I, you know, it's like if, if you have some sort of dark past that people know about, um, then it's probably a little bit harder to get, uh, you know, I mean, I come from a very blue-collar family in New York City. I got a lot of police and fire in my family. And um, and the little, we're all fucking nuts. Uh, you know, you still sort of, you know, you got to pass. You know, it's like if you were a drug addict, you know, that could be potentially problematic. So, um... Well, she, uh, um, she wasn't she was like a, but she was she was a criminal but she didn't get arrested and she was she's not a felon but okay she, um, okay so she was so 
so she was a criminal. She sort of hooked up with with this mentor who sort of put her on the straight and narrow. She became right. a cop. He gets killed. She wants justice for him, but uh, as we know, there's really no such thing as, as justice. And that's very cynical, but it is true. And, uh, you know, the the law is not about justice. And uh, and so then she falls back into this world. And then what? And then what? And well, then what that's happened? the thing. It, it, it just starts, starts to escalate. At first, you know, it was just about drug trafficking or something. I haven't written it yet. But then okay. it gets to be where she realizes that now they're into human trafficking. And now, you know, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then as she gets to know more about them, they start threatening her more so that she doesn't you know, turn on them. And so it just becomes an issue about um, how she defines herself. And what's your third act? So, you know, does she eventually sort of uh, realize that she has sort of soiled the memory of her mentor and then she decides to sort of do the right thing and, you know, she goes like ballistic on these guys and, uh, you know, sort of like what happens. I mean, you know, you really have to sort of think about that. Right. Um, you know, this is this this is the kind of pitch that you hear and you go, yeah, you know, it's all about the writing. Right. And and, and the the problem with those kinds of pitches from new writers is that if the concept doesn't really excite people, then it can be it can be hard for you to expect people to say, yes, I want to read it. Because because if the concept does not excite them, then the next thing out of your mouth is going to be, well, but it's really well written. And, <laughs> right. Right. And we hear that all the time. We hear that all the time, and nothing is ever well written. So this is why it's so important to sort of have a concept that's really – intriguing and so you can I think still find you know an interesting way to sort of pitch the story if maybe you can sort of really maybe not be so inexact about what happens with her and to her after she joins up with this crew so I think that's the way you need to go Okay, I think at the midpoint she decides to uh, turn them in, and they it's supposed to be where they set up kind of a sting operation or something. To um, I haven't written it yet, so um, to get them, and then uh, that that's what happens. I uh, yeah, so so yeah, that that would definitely be my advice to really sort of think about what happens because that that could be interesting, and the fact that she's so guilt ridden. Uh, and then you also might have to still deal with the fact that that her that her mentor's killer got away. You know that may somehow, some way, need to sort of boomerang back into the story as well. Um, so those are just things that you need to sort of think about. Um, but again, when it's all about the writing, then you got to enter a lot of screenwriting contests. Okay. You know, because yeah, when it's all about the writing, you got to enter the screenwriting contest because the pitching can can be a little, uh, you know, may not be able to dazzle. But you could still potentially, if you figure out really sort of a, a very interesting uh, journey for her, uh, it, it you know this could kind of be salvaged somehow, some way. And uh, I've got like 30 seconds, so I have to say goodbye to you. But thank you so much for calling, Kristen. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate this. Sure. Good luck. And um, I really want to thank uh, Naomi and Steve and Kristen for calling in tonight. And uh, we will be back 
next month, June 22nd, which, by the way, will be our last show until the fall. So um, it is always nice to have you with us. This is Christopher Lockhart, Inside Pitch. I will see you next month here in Hollywood.